episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. And the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Happy Friday to the listeners. We appreciate you guys joining us on this beautiful little Friday morning. Um, I My mood just can't be ruined. I don't care what happens today. I'm I'm still living on a high from 22 hours ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, what a way to end the show yesterday. Just... Thank you guys for paying attention and tagging us and letting us know right before the end of the show. I said some stuff yesterday that I feel a little bad for. You know, I probably didn't need to go that heavy into it. But Elaborate. What do you mean? I, I said the words, suck this, Texas, and then CAC. And then this was kind of like, we have Arch Manning. You don't. You can suck it. Shut up. Texas is back. I must have been reading while you said that because I don't remember that. Yeah. I, I definitely said it. <laughs> Stuff like that, why people hate Texas fans. <laughs> My bad. I was just super excited, pumped up, felt like I was just like awesome. See, and this is where you have to go back and do some self-reflecting. Yep. Because you will say things like, I don't talk shit on other people's teams. I didn't talk shit on anyone else's but team. If like, your team does something that's a little bit good, you immediately just start attacking other people. Yeah, but <laughs> not any one team specifically. Th- if that's just the like meanest thing I do, then that's the meanest. Everyone, bases. everyone talks about just how nice of a guy I am, and as soon as I do something, I'm like I can't believe it, this guy's just such an asshole. <laughs> I don't it. even care if your feelings are hurt. Sorry about you. Should have gotten arched then. That's yep. That's that's the no more, Mister Nice Guy. Uh, right. Uh, I am also very excited about it. Obviously, if you listened to yesterday's show. You heard us. I don't get too excited about anything, uh, but I I am living it up on this. Uh, I do think it's great. And for Texas, I've been a Texas fan since the 90s. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've seen the highs, and I'm living through the lows. How old were you when you say you became a Texas fan? Sorry to interrupt you there. What year? No, how old were you? Oh, nine. Okay. Ten. So we're about the same age then when we both became Texas fans. Mm-hmm. I totally cut you off there. I want you to get back yeah, into what 100% you're 100% did. Uh, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Apparently he's Mr. Interrupter. Oh. Interrupting cow over there. Oh. Yeah, that's you. Now, I am, I'm really excited about this, though, not just because it's the Arch Manning stuff, but I also think that this proves that Texas can build a competitive roster once again. I'm, I'm not in the boat of like, oh, Texas is immediately going to be good. I've had people ask me those questions like, when will they be good? I don't It's still going to be a while. And I think one thing that got lost in the fact that Arch committed yesterday is that a lot of people are unsure of the eligibility of the quarterbacks at Texas. Mm-hmm. Arch is not playing there this fall. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people confused by that. He is going to be a senior in high school. Like mm-hmm. He hasn't clocked in for day one of senior year yet. <laughs> He's got a minute before he gets there. Honestly, it'll probably be January when he gets there. But he's not going to be there this fall. Quinn Ewers is going to be there this fall. This is his second year in college. Yes. So, And I think a lot of people were confused by that one as too. So after this year, you still get another year of Quinn Ewers until he can even think about going to the NFL. Yep. So just to clear that up for everybody real quick. And, you know, a lot of people, I think, they were upset yesterday. I... You know, I fired off some tweets, too, and I targeted Alabama fans because I follow a lot of Alabama fans. My daughters are Alabama fans. Can't wait <laughs> to rub this in their little faces. Um, but a lot of fan bases yesterday, Georgia fans probably included, uh, immediately did the whole, like, oh, we didn't want him anyway. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. Alabama signed a four-star quarterback not too long ago. And I even went and found some tweets yesterday. I said I was going to, and I did. It did not take long of a lot of Alabama fans reacting to that and even saying, like, oh, we're still in on Arch. Mm-hmm. We've we still got a chance. This doesn't mean anything. And then yesterday, just people saying, like, oh, no, we're already good. We're good. 
he's not going to be that good. Like a lot of Alabama fans bringing out the, if his last name wasn't Manning, he wouldn't be this highly rated, which might be true. I don't know because I don't cover high school recruiting. Yeah. I know that the recruiting services like ESPN 24 seven, a lot of those places say he's good. Yep. And that's kind of what I'm banking on too. And I, I think with Arch Manning, the thing that I might be most excited about is him being a good quarterback, obviously, but also the kind of recruiting class that he can bring with him now because yeah. he's already committed. So now you've got a couple months of, hey, we got Arch. Yep. You know, some of these receivers and running backs and their offensive linemen might be second-guessing what they're doing by saying, like, oh, you know what, I'm going to consider Texas. Yeah, I want to go play with Arch. I want to go play with a quarterback who's going to get me the ball, especially if I miss out on getting to play with Quinn. Because, I mean, as much as we're excited about, you know, Arch Manning coming to Texas, like, they also have Quinn Ewers. And he is going to be the starter, like you said, for the next couple years. And there's a lot of high hopes there. And if you've been listening to the show, you've heard me consistently say this, that the Big 12 is kind of open this year in terms of who can win it and who can kind of step up and be the next team, especially with Oklahoma having the transition that they do with a new coach, new quarterback. Oklahoma's still Oklahoma, but it's just I feel like it's going to be a little different, or at least that's just kind of the hope, to be honest with you guys. But if Texas can find a way to get things figured out and head in the right direction and win the Big 12 this year and then in a way be back in just terms of winning the Big 12, and I'm not trying to get like overconfident in saying that, but it's like if they do that and it's like, okay, now things are heading in the right direction. Stay atop in the recruiting classes. Continue to develop players. Take guys into the NFL. Go to the college football playoff. If you can do that and then the transition into the SEC in like three years, I feel like it's a little bit more comfortable than it was last year after watching the demise of Texas every game after the Red River rivalry in the second half. It was like every game after that in the second half, they just were absolute garbage. If you can fix that and just play a full game of football, I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. it I, I am excited about it, uh, mainly, like I said, because I do think this is a, a giant leap in the right direction. Yes. I've been very nervous about Texas joining the SEC, but this is a giant leap in the right direction of building an SEC-caliber roster. Yeah. Texas does not have that right now. Uh, but maybe in the next couple of years, they will get there. And another thing with Texas joining the SEC, uh, that's going to be a while. I don't know if we talked about that yesterday. We did on radio. Not it's going to take a little bit because OU does not want to join the SEC early. And the Big 12 doesn't want to let these guys out early. So I, I still think Texas and OU are competing in the Big 12 for another three seasons or so. Yeah, I was going to say. they put Arch Manning's junior year as the first season for Texas and OU in the SEC. So they've got time to build an SEC roster and having Arch Manning there and Quinn Ewers too coming mm-hmm. back transferring really does help. I don't think Texas is back. Do I think they can win the big 12 this year? I do. Um, I also think a huge part of that is the fact that the big 12 is very, very down. Yep. That is not a good conference at all. For it's football not, year. but it's like, we can at least try and be, <laughs> that's what we can be excited about. It's like, everyone sucks <laughs> with us. Like we all <laughs> Just right. right along the board, we don't know who's yeah. going to be good. You know, if OU still had um, Lincoln Riley and they still had Caleb Williams, they would dominate that conference. Yep, no, no discussion, But they honestly. don't. They've got a brand-new quarterback coming in who I like. He's good. He's decent. He doesn't scare me as a Texas fan. Nope. And neither does Brent Venables. So we'll see what happens. I do think the conference <clears throat> is wide open. And as far as Quinn Ewers goes, a, a lot of people yesterday assuming he's going to be he's going to transfer, mm-hmm. and that the the Arch Manning signing is going to push him out. Um, I, obviously, I follow Texas very closely. Yeah, he already did like a, a Players Tribune thing about talking about how great it is to be back in Texas and be able to play and things like that. Yep. And I think another thing that's huge. He can't transfer again without sitting out. Yeah. So it kind of works out for Texas in that way of like, you know, right? we can go after anyone we want. Quinn's not leaving unless he wants to sit out a whole another year of football being forced to, not because he's not the starter. But I think Quinn's going to be fine. And I think like the fact that you're going to be a starter your second year into it, like if you have success this year and then you head into next fall or next spring, excuse me, and then Arch joins the team there and, you know, in spring training, everything like that, Quinn doesn't have to worry about it. Does Arch look good in practice? Sure. 
But, like, I just had an incredible season. I'm not worried about it. Let's just go have another one. Like, I'm older. I'm three years older than you. You know what I mean? I've been here. I've been in the college program. I've developed. I've gotten bigger. I've gotten stronger. Arch is a big kid himself. I think he's, like, 6'3", 200 pounds. As a 17-year-old, it's a pretty big-ass kid. Yeah. So it's like, I think if you're Quinn, you're fine. And with Texas, you know, like we just said, heading to the SEC, the fact that we – I know I said this on radio yesterday, too, is that the one thing with Texas is that they just needed to build – from the inside out, you needed to add offensive linemen. You did that with this last draft class, or, or excuse me, recruiting class. We're probably not going to see him this year playing. But the fact that you're getting those guys in, and then you get, you know, a top receiver. You, you know, you have Bijan Robinson as running back. You're going to have another running back coming in too. You're going to add Arch Manning into that mix, and it's like you're going to get these guys on the defensive side of the ball too. They're like, hey, I want to go play with a good offense. It's going to make my job a little easier. I can kind of take some risk here with our offense being good. I don't have to worry about. You know, if I miss one tackle, we're freaking toast because that was Texas last year, honestly. Well, BJ is – Bijan's gone after this year. Yeah, for sure. But I think they got another top running back in this last recruiting class. Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes. Yeah. And that's uh, one of the reasons why I never dive into the high school recruiting stuff. It's so hard to tell who's actually going to be good. And, like, what year they're coming in. Because you'll have a junior, you know what I mean, be like, okay, I'm coming in. I was like, well, that's another two years away when you're – to be a freshman in college. And you have a kid as a senior who's like, yep, I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I tweeted out last night, too, is Stuart Mandel. I, I like Stuart. He, he does a good job, works for the Athletic, has covered college football for forever. Uh, he was kind of tweeting last night. I think that he has some anti-Texas blood in him. Uh, <laughs> but he said, number one recruits don't sit on the bench. Whoever loses the job in the spring of 23 transfers. I don't necessarily believe that either. I, I think that. Arch Manning and the Manning family are pretty smart. They're probably aware of who Quinn Ewers is yeah. and that he was a big-time recruit coming into Texas. And um, there's just there's history. There's a ton of names of people that have come in and been okay with sitting. And mm-hmm. I just ripped off a few names last night. How about the starter, presumably, at Texas? Quinn Ewers. <laughs> Went to Ohio State and did sit a year. Now, he did transfer, uh, but you know, Bryce Young. Went to Alabama, knew he was going to have to compete for that job. Sat a year, stayed there. DJ Uyunglele sat behind Trevor Lawrence. Or how about this? Trevor Lawrence. Yep. <laughs> also, you know, C.J. Stroud, Spencer Rattler. Go back to the guys like Jameis Winston, redshirted as a freshman. Tim Tebow, Vince Young, Justin Fields. So I think it's a lot of these guys are okay with, yeah, I'm going to sit for a year, and then I'll probably take over. Now, if it gets to the point in 2023 – if Quinn Ewers is still there, I still don't think it's an, an issue. It's hard yeah. to beat out the incumbent quarterback. So I, I don't think that's as big of an issue as a lot of people are making it out to be. Like, oh, one of them's going to transfer. And I still feel like people like to dunk on Texas. I get that part. But this is a win-win for Texas fans. Yeah. Because you can only play one quarterback. If Quinn Ewers comes out and balls out and he's very good and Manning says, you know what, I'm going to transfer <laughs> Okay, bye. We've got a quarterback. Yeah. Or if you know Arch Manning steps up and he plays very well, and Quinn Ewers transfers. Okay, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Sitting out for a year. <laughs> like, I, I don't care. You've got two of the best recruits of all time. Now there is also the chance that one of them or both of them is bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one's going to be better. Um, Devin did ask in the chat, BC. You have to choose one. Who are you rolling with, Manning or Ewers? Probably Ewers right now. And what's crazy is Ewers is actually the higher-rated recruit. I don't know how much that means. but I've seen him play in the spring game. Dude looked pretty comfortable back there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a large part, I saw this earlier in the chat too, uh, was the NIL stuff. I was asked about that this morning too, uh, about if that was like a factor. I don't think it was at all. Uh, the, The Manning family, they're not hurting for money. I know like Peyton and Eli are the uncles. Cooper Manning does a lot of media stuff, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, no one with the last name Manning is hurting for money. Not or being like, all. oh, i got to go get my cash grab. Well, in that, in that group of family Mannings, there might be other Mannings out there that are yeah, there might be not doing so hot, and I'm sorry there. about it. but <laughs> <laughs> Right. But I don't think NIL played a big factor in it because he was going to get his NIL money regardless. I mean, he was going to the top. You know, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Mm -hmm. Texas were like his big four. So I don't think that that played a part in it, but I do think that he is going to have a lot of opportunities. I mean, you look at B. John Robinson, 
He's already driving, uh, what is it, like a Lamborghini or something like that. And he's not even a quarterback at Texas. Yeah. So he is going to get paid. But I don't think that was a factor on recruiting. It sounds like uh, the reason why schools like Alabama and Georgia lost out is that Arch Manning specifically thinks that Texas can develop him as a pro quarterback. And that that's the next step of like who can develop me and get the best out of me as a quarterback. And Steve Sarkeesian has a pretty good track record yep. of doing it. Uh, from I think he had Bryce Young, not Bryce Young, uh, Tua for a little bit. Yep, Mac and then Jones. Mac Jones. Uh, he's kind of proven that he can work with quarterbacks. And wasn't he with uh, Matt Ryan, too, when he won the MVP? Wasn't that Sarkeesian running the offense for the Falcons? And then he went back to Atlanta. That. I feel like that might be it. But, he was with the Falcons, but I don't remember yeah. if that was the Matt Ryan year or not. I feel like it might have been. And one other thing, too, like with the money and the NIL deals that we're sitting here with uh, Manning um, is that, like, yes, I don't think, like, the amount that he was going, like, they were offering him changed his mind, but I think the amount that he could make and the incentives that he'll get being a quarterback at Texas probably did kind of help his mindset a little bit. Like, Texas is just going to, like, they're just going to funnel money in like crazy. We know that. One of the highest, you know, like, grossing universities in all of football or, excuse me, in all of sports, they just can make so much money quickly. They don't like you, boom, we'll pay you off. It's fine. But I do think that, like, when you look at the Mannings and anything they do, Peyton and Eli, when they did their contracts, they weren't just, like, giving hometown discounts either. They wanted as much as they could because they had goals past football and what they wanted to do. So the Mannings are also very much about getting their money so they can continue to do stuff. And I feel like there might be a little bit too with Arch. I'm not saying Texas offered him anything. You know, Texas offered him more money than Alabama, but it's like you can make more money while you're at Texas than you might have at like a Georgia or a Clemson. And I don't know what that dollar amount is. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to come off as a biased Texas fan. It's just the opportunities are going to be there in Texas with the, the fan base that they have. Yeah. I still don't think that was a factor for Arch though. It's like, it's a benefit, but I don't think mm-hmm. it was like a, I actually I don't even know that they probably discussed it. Just because again, you've already got millions of dollars in your family. Yeah. It's not like he's, you know, has to support his mom and dad after <laughs> his college career or you know, a lot of these kids it sucks, but they do. They have to worry about like, hey, I need to get as much money as I can right now. That's why you see some kids come out of the draft early, um, when they probably shouldn't. They should go back for another year. But it's you know, I gotta get my money now. Yeah, Manning family, Arch Manning, he's not dealing with any of that. But So I, I do think, and I have read that more of a factor was uh, who's the best quarterback coach out there. Yep. And for some reason, uh, Arch believes it's Texas, which is a little bit of a surprise to me as well. But, you know, you factor in also just where you feel comfortable. If you like it in Austin, Texas, if you like the facilities and things like that. Uh, but it's cool. Uh, we are obviously very happy about it. The bad news is <clears throat> I think there are two Texas quarterbacks that will be transferring, and it will be pretty soon. That's Hudson Card. I don't think that he's going to stay around. Um, he was another big-time recruit. Yep. I think he's probably going to lose that job to Quinn Ewers. And honestly, I don't even know if it's an open competition. Um, I think it was maybe promised to Quinn when he decided to transfer yeah. that he would be the starting quarterback there. And then uh, Malik Murphy is another kid who I think it was like a four-star yeah. recruit who was getting compared to Vince Young. Yeah, he's a pu- he's huge, 6'5", weighs quite a bit as well, strong yeah. arm. Even when uh, Quinn Ewers committed to Texas, I thought, oh, maybe Malik Murphy would be leaving pretty soon. Now you throw an Arch Manning there too. I would not be surprised if he was a kid that decided to go yep. elsewhere. And again, I don't know anything about him. Um Big, athletic, strong-arm quarterback. That's about as far as I got um, just from reading some of the recruiting profiles on him. Uh, and I don't hate it for these guys either. You, you know, uh, Shane Bouchard was one of my favorite Texas quarterbacks. Yeah, He left so he could go and get playing time somewhere else. I still love that kid. Yep. <laughs> right there with the Chiefs. What's up? <laughs> yeah, it's really nice that now he's a Kansas City Chief. But uh, I do think guys like Hudson Carter and Murphy, like I said, they're probably out. Uh, you just, to have three, four four-star quarterbacks on the same roster. That's just not going to happen in today's college football world. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't either. Go play. You've yeah. got three to four years to play college football. Go somewhere where you're going to get on the field. I have no problem with that. Transfer to Pitt State if you want to. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, Missouri State's right there. They're looking uh, for a guy after the season. <laughs> right, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of uh, quarterback gurus. Um, <laughs> also tonight we have the Stanley Cup Finals. And I, 
I think this is funny. John Cooper, the coach for the Lightning, has already come out and like issued an apology about the whole too many men on the ice thing. And again, not a big hockey guy. I'm trying to get there. I think we all could have admitted that fact. It didn't really factor into the win last uh, the other night. Yeah. So I am glad that they have come out and said, like, eh, I'm sorry that probably wasn't actually a real factor. Or this is just one of those bullshit apologies where it's like, um, I'm either going to get fined or I have to apologize. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say sorry, but I don't believe it. Um, but he, he did even come out and say that he didn't see anything at the time. Yeah. And then it wasn't until they got back to the locker room where you, know, you probably look at the replay or you have somebody – talk and get in your ear like hey i think it was too many men on the ice but kind of like we talked about even yesterday it just feels like that's a, a penalty that you don't really call very often in the nhl or that you could call it every line change if you really yeah. wanted to but even watching the video for me you could see mckinnon making his way to the bench like he he wasn't out there trying to play and then Kadri comes on and obviously hits the game winner um, yeah. it's also really cool old lord stanley's cup it's in Denver. I saw it. It ain't leaving either. <laughs> <laughs> you can go ahead and start putting the name on that bitch. It's going to happen tonight. I. This is just the Lock world it. working for me. I don't know what I did for this karma this week, but I got Quinn Ewers, uh, not Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning signing at Texas. Yeah. Now my Avalanche about to win the Stanley Cup back-to-back days. It's just, It's all working out. Stars are aligning. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you're having one hell of a week here, <laughs> especially being an absent. You're back on the train of just like, hell yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. You, I should start selling my services. You should. Congratulations. Which I talked about yesterday, too, speaking of things we should apologize for, but I'm not going to. So quit asking. Prostitution should be legal. God. <laughs> going back into that, huh? <laughs> I still believe it. Yeah. Do what you want, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, your body, your choice, not to get political on this Friday. Yeah, great timing there on that uh, one, too. But Dang, I am bro. excited <laughs> about the Stanley Cup. I do think the Avalanche win tonight. And that's just you know a little bit based off some of the comments from the Lightning, even. Like, even their coach, like, oh, we're still playing if that penalty doesn't happen. But yeah, and overtime, maybe, but you know you still have some games left. Mm-hmm. So I think the Avalanche win it tonight. Uh, it will be tough. Burakovsky out again, but also... The Lightning are really banged up. Yeah. Uh, they've just been taking shot after shot. Um, and they've got a lot of guys listed as day-to-day or out. Braden Point going to be out once again. Kadri um, listed as day-to-day for the Avalanche. I still think that they're they're going to be fine. Yeah. Still hope. I hope for a close game. Just, I do know. hope it's an exciting one. I mean, game four getting to go into overtime again. Like, game one was overtime as well. Mm-hmm. I would I like this to be a close game. A close game or a big blowout like Seven goals again, because that is also exciting. <laughs> do you have a like a setup that you like? You're planning on what you're going to do tonight? Watching this, you're just going to have like a casual Friday night. Be like, yep, we want it. Go to bed because it's going to be a late game, isn't it? Well, it might not be. No, it's, it's all Colorado. Seven. That's a great thing about hockey. They're like, why would we put this on at eight? Let's they want to make sure the seven. fans have time to celebrate. I think also with hockey, you have so many fans on the West Coast that, mm-hmm. like, when you start to get into Canada, there's a lot of teams in, on the West Coast time zone so for nfl it's i don't know honestly i don't know i was trying to make an excuse for the NFL. <laughs> i don't know why they do it everybody fucking watches football yeah but for some reason they hate the east coast guys they put like, these games on at eight o'clock the big ass game. middle finger <laughs> yeah. you got games finishing near midnight like that's just tough to do yeah uh, no no specific setup for me tonight though i'm gonna force my daughters to watch it this is one of the times where they're going to take after their mom and be like, "That you're working. This is work for you. Oh. You're eating a bag of pretzels <laughs> and drinking a Dr. Pepper, and that's what you call work. Oh, like, man. you can shut your fucking mouth and watch it. <laughs> go clean your room. <laughs> There's another goal. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were pretty into it the other night, actually. Good. So, well, I am going to watch it tonight. I'll have them, and we'll watch it together. That's about it for my plans. Nothing, Nothing crazy. Yeah. I'm just, just celebrate hard afterwards. Maybe I'll buy some champagne or fireworks. Is it too early to talk about fireworks? No, I mean, there's tents everywhere. It's a good time to talk about them. Yeah, that's what everybody knows. Um, yeah. <laughs> here's my hot take. I fucking hate fireworks. Dude, I just... I like them, 
But it's just the so hassle. Saying, am I going to have to ruin fireworks for you today after I ruin I guess. Go ahead. Today? Ruin fireworks for me. I think it's funny that we celebrate our independence by purchasing all the fireworks from China. Like, are any of them made in the United States anymore? That's a good question. <laughs> and also, um, like, to celebrate our freedom and, like, thank our veterans and stuff like that, they're terrible for our veterans. Like, yeah. so much PTSD that they get from these big, loud bangs, and, like, they get scared off. Um, or animals, too, absolutely hate it. Yep. I feel like I like fireworks, too, but they are so obnoxious if you're not setting them off. Yeah. I like seeing the shows. Like, if other people are shooting them, like, I'll sit there and watch and stuff. Like, as a kid, they're fun. Like, as an adult, it's like, oh, here's another Roman candle. Mm-hmm. Oh, look yeah. at that little. I do like the fireworks shows. Even, like, uh, going to the Royals game mm-hmm. and seeing their firework Fridays and stuff like that, that's super cool. Yeah. Or, you know, if you go to a 4th of July celebration and you've got people doing something that's really cool. If you're not the person lighting that wick, though, it's just annoying. I had people in my neighborhood setting them off last night. It's like, it is June 23rd, and you're setting off fire, like big firework displays already. Like, why is that happening? Yeah. That, I mean, when you brought up the whole, like, veterans thing, too, on, like, how they're, like, the PTSD of the fireworks and stuff. When I first heard that as a kid growing up, like, I never really understood it. And then now that we have... TikTok and there's people just taking videos and military members have their phones or you know they're recording stuff over there and now it's out and like not classified information. Just like listening to them shoot guns like back and forth or like a bomb goes off like near where their base is or something. It's like that sounds exactly like fucking roll like your mom's roller coaster of the weekend type of like firecracker name or something. They just have these stupid names. I remember being a kid. I'm going to go into a tangent here. This should have been my thinking out loud Thursday. The names for these firecrackers are fucking stupid. The names? The names. Like the Joe Dirt style names? No, like that was funny. But like when you get these big mega ones and it's like the wolf scream or something. And then like you got my dad rolling through the freaking fireworks store. Like I'm going to get this one. Can't wait to hear the wolf scream tonight. And then like right at the end of it, it's like, here comes the wolf scream. And then he fucking does. It's like, just like the fucking firework, man. I am tired. Yeah. (laughs) Probably why we don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I love when I can bring up just something Uh, random like fireworks. And you're like, (laughs) you know what? Let's do talk about my childhood. (laughs) I've said before, like, maybe I should have been a lawyer because I'm very perceptive and I pick up on small little details. And I can, (laughs) as you know, I can catch people and, like, that was a lie. Here's my evidence for it. It just took two months. Maybe, maybe I should have been a therapist. Uh, I sit you down on our couch in here and be like, so tell me about fireworks. The thing is, I was like, you don't even do it on purpose. You're just over here like, I'm going to ruin fireworks for you today. And I'm like, please don't. I like fireworks. That's a lie. I, I, I hate fireworks. I, guess. I like, again, I like them when I'm setting them off. I like the 4th of July. I like celebrating it. But fireworks, man, if you're not like, if you're not ready and prepared for a firework to go off, it's the worst thing that happens. Yeah. I had a, I lost a dog one 4th of July too. Because uh, he got so scared. We went to a 4th of July celebration or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when we came back, like there was a window busted out. And one of our dogs was gone. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? He got so scared that he ran off. And for years, we would have to sedate him on yeah. 4th of July. And it's like, this is awful. I have to drug my dog just so people can be obnoxious and blow shit up. Yeah. When I was a little kid, we had uh, two beagle puppies. And they got real scared of the fireworks. And they had tried to dig a hole and get out, but they trapped themselves between their hole wasn't deep enough, Jesus. and it trapped itself between the fence and the dirt. And like, we got them back the next morning, like, oh, Fourth of July was awesome. Let's feed the dogs. And it's like, ooh, uh, Dad and Mom are like, hey, don't come over here. Like, something happened. I was like, what happened? And they're like, oh, Blue just got like, da 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 da, like, like ran away. And I was like, I see it. <laughs> it did not yeah, run away. Not it running. tried to. <laughs> it got caught. Damn. Yeah, so that's another reason why I, I don't really like yeah. fireworks. It's it's tough on the animals too, the pets. Yeah, out there, and like I said, our our veterans too. Yeah. Uh, it's the and like you know how jumpy I am. I think it's because of fireworks. Mm-hmm. There's like, ooh, Austin's jumpy. Let's throw these black cats at him. I'm like you... sitting down trying to enjoy a fucking oh, popsicle. Man. Three older brothers. I feel like I couldn't go anywhere during the like Fourth of July season. Yeah, and I hate the Fourth of July. I hate the black cat ones because they're like. Hey, don't throw these. And it's like, just light it and run. 
bitch, by the time I light this and turn around, that fucker's already off. It's further <laughs> away from me if I get to throw it. Oh, you have to sit it on the ground and light it, or you run the risk of, you know, blowing your hand off. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, I've had a cousin, those little uh, army truck ones that, like, do the, the, like, I don't know, kind of like the sparkle out the back, and it takes off, and then it kind of shoots up and then blows up. I had a cousin handle that. didn't realize he had lit it. He was just sitting there talking. It just freaking blew off right in his hand. I was like, oh, man. You were about Jason Pierre-Paul before Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, you're the OG Jason Pierre-Paul. I, uh, there was a kid in our community when I was growing up blew up blew off his hand. Blew, blew it off? Lost it. They had to amputate his arm, I want to say right below the elbow. Ooh, I didn't know that. Uh, from a firework. Yeah, blew off his hand. In our hometown, liberal? Uh, it was from Lamar. Oh, okay. Well, Which is not far away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, lost his hand over it. Uh, it's dangerous. I, I like the 4th of July. I'm thankful for our freedom. We do a very weird job of celebrating it. <laughs> yeah. I never looked at it sparkles? that way. We just, we're going to celebrate it by just blowing shit up. This is what we do. How do you feel about sparklers? They're cool. Um, but like after about 30 seconds of it, you're like, oh, I got another two minutes of holding this damn thing. I think I'm done. Like it's cool to write your name and like you like writing stuff or like drawing anything in the in the air. I think that's kind of neat how it kind of like follows the track. But like after a while, then you got people like, oh, man, if you put enough sparklers together, you got a sparkler bomb. Like that's a really dumb oh, idea. Oh, we used to do that when I was younger too. Yeah. So I'm just not a fan of the whole like let's do something that we're not supposed to do with these and hope we survive. Because then when something happens, it's like, well, it was an accident. No, it wasn't, you dumbasses. You knew what was going to happen. The possibility was there. That's the risk. And it happened. The Sorry, Johnny's dead yeah. because you were the ones that convinced him to go light it. Uh, Jake says in the chat that um, he has a huge fear of sparklers. I don't have a huge fear of them, but I don't fuck with sparklers either. I can remember my first time like holding a sparkler. And being older than I, I wasn't like four or anything like that. I was older and it like burnt my arm. Like, why am I holding this? I don't need to write my name with a fucking welder. Like that's pretty <laughs> much what it was like. Where's my mask? <laughs> I was more familiar and comfortable with welding than I was holding a spark. <laughs> it's just, it's a crazy thing that we do as a, as a kid, we used to uh, build our own fireworks as well mm-hmm. we would get like m80s and black hats and stuff like that and we would empty the the gunpowder or whatever into another container and just mix it and make bigger ones we were i mean we were making bombs holy cow i never did that i do like the whole like you get a thing at m80s and like you tie them all together and then like you put it underneath a bowl and then you have like a long fuse and you like that and then it goes in and the bowl shoots in the air. I think that's pretty cool. The fact cool. that they blow up in water is fun. Also, yeah. Because that's what we do. We'd go to the lake and it'd be like, watch this M80. And you throw it and you'd be like, oh, I think it's a dud. And it's like, bloop. It's like, there's a fucking fish. <laughs> Just killed <laughs> <Yeah>. the fish. <laughs> fish also hate the 4th of July. Yeah. Uh, things that you shouldn't hate are Roper Kia. Go check out their inventory. Look at it online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And also, if you mention us here at Mike's Up, you're going to get $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Gun Spa. Speaking of 4th of July coming up, make sure to visit them for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it's not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you visit their website. So, again, be sure to go to Gunspot.com. It's a new website. It looks pretty cool. I'm on it right now. So, once more, Gunspot.com. I love in the chat, your mom is talking about, like, your brother <laughs> and says, also, Jake burning down the shed with a Roman candle. Yeah, and we were talking about that the other day. Jake is like, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have told the story before, but, like, um, as a basketball team, we used to go and mess with our basketball coaches. So we would take fireworks that people had left over, and we'd go set them off around, like, their houses. Like, we would shoot Roman candles out of their house or bottle mm-hmm. rockets and things like that. And one time, uh, we always called them artillery shells. So those big round balls with the like two-foot-long wick, not oh, talking about myself, yeah. uh, that you put in the tubes, again, not talking about myself, uh, that shoot up in the sky and blow up. We would take those barehanded, light them, and then just throw them and watch them blow up on the ground. So and I have... One, one time our coach... 
was like he, he had stored some as well. And we would like shoot bottle rockets back and forth with each other and stuff. And it didn't get too serious. But one time we lit an artillery shell, threw it in his yard. He was, I think he like was able to pick it up and then throw it back at us. It landed in the back seat of a Ford Ranger with a bunch of kids in it and blew up. And like, I, it sounded like a bomb going off. I was in the front seat, thankfully, but I mean, we had to have <laughs> like them a, kids. Okay. Michael Jordan, <laughs> we had to have a team meeting afterwards. We were high schoolers of like, guys, we're not doing this anymore. Like somebody could have seriously gotten hurt. He could have lost his job. Like somebody could have died. Yikes. Uh, but just stupid. I have a friend of mine who has like, he got third degree burns on his chest from having a fight with Roman candle. Yep. So, but again, like, Yay, America. Let's go burn some shit down. Yep. <laughs> Wild. Uh, I do remember that what you just explained with the big, what were they, artillery shells, what you called That's them? That's what we called them. I don't know what that fish I got was. to do that a couple years ago, and it actually was kind of a blast. I felt really like, ooh, this is not a good idea, and it was not at all. But it was just like, I'm going to launch this thing as far as I can into the sky, and I'll watch it go off. And then realize quickly that wasn't very high. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that came back at me just as quickly. Um, uh-huh. I do remember one time we were having a fireworks show at my grandma's and I had gotten in trouble for something. Um, and so they told me to go sit by myself on like the other side of like the car, which was just kind of like away from everyone else. I think I might've been bickering with my cousins or siblings, but they were lighting off the fireworks on this like barrel, uh, this old empty metal barrel. And they just put like a, a two by eight on top of it. And then they would just let the fireworks go off from there. Well, when they had lit the fuse and ran off, it had fell over mm-hmm. and started shooting. And I remember this so vividly because it fell off and like started shooting towards everybody. And I was just like, okay, I'm the one in trouble and I'm sitting over here and I'm shooting at you guys. I'm not going to run away. So they all start running. And then it just aims at me and, like, fires right at me. And when I'm sitting in the car, it hits the tire, bounces off, and then explodes. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this was the one time I was just, like, an asshole. I was like, I kind of hope it would have hurt me. Because then you guys would have felt bad that you got me in trouble and made me sit over here by myself and settle with everybody else. And that was I, the last time I went to a family fireworks function. <laughs> I was at, when I was married still, my uh, in-laws used to have, like, a big 4th of July celebration. Mm-hmm. Like, that was their big holiday. Like yeah. They would have relatives come in from, like, Texas and all that. It was like a family reunion and Fourth of July all tied together. And they would, like, had a big yard and about 50 yards away or so, maybe more than that, 75 yards away, they would set off the big giant fireworks. Yeah. Spend hundreds of dollars on the fireworks. Yep. And they had one of those big setups. They go to put the, the firework down the little chute in the tube, and then they all step away, and the, the thing tipped over. And it shot at the crowd. That far was, away? Yeah. I, oh. Hilarious because me being the obnoxious high schooler I was, I was prepared. This was not my <laughs> first rodeo. I was, you know, this was second tour for me. <laughs> so I knew what was about to happen when I saw that thing flying towards me. But then to watch it blow up in a crowd of, like, old women and children. Yep. <laughs> It, it freaked them all out. Jake's little story in the chat reminded me of that, too. It was like that that ended it. Like they had so many more fireworks to set off, but it was like everybody was so scared. It's funny know. hearing old people yell and cuss, like especially when they're like, oh, I'm an older, like godly man or woman, like I don't or woman. I don't do this. I don't talk like this. And they're just like, what the fuck's going on? And you got grandma. <laughs> what fucking... the fucking fuck? <laughs> yeah. God damn it, Daryl. I told you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And everybody that over. In my experience, everyone that overreacted, uh-huh. like they would go on to tell the story and be like, remember the time you almost murdered the entire family? <laughs> yeah. So you're going to get minor burns at most. You, you Third were degree, away. it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you were fine. Uh, last night we also had the NBA draft, which I, I don't like to shit on networks or you know, say that somebody did a bad job. The NBA draft last night was so boring. It really was. I just, it, I honestly, I stopped watching it because of it. It shouldn't have been. Yeah. You had three really big names. I think you could go as far as to say you had five big names in the draft, even. Mm-hmm. And you had a shakeup at the top to where everybody thought they knew the order. And, well, they, they thought they didn't, and they mm-hmm. thought they did, and they didn't. But it just, it seemed really boring to me. The ESPN production. 
just not great. I don't know if it's because they're trying new things with new hosts and stuff like that, but it felt bad this year. And to me, I'm trying to figure this out. I th- there's some kind of conspiracy slash controversy going on here. How so? And this is what I'm posing. I think that maybe some of the sports books or some of the betters maybe got to the NBA insiders. No way. Because yesterday morning, Thursday morning, you had a lot of people saying, wait a second, there's going to be shakeup at the top. And then you had one very popular, famous insider say, no, 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 one, two, and three are firm. But it wasn't. Two was firm. (laughs) Two was firm. Yeah. One was not. So I don't know. I just never trust the NBA draft. So if something happens that feels a little bit fishy, I think we need to take a deeper dive. Yeah, it is interesting. What do you think about uh, Paulo Bancaro, though, going to the Orlando Magic, being the number one pick as a Duke fan yourself? I I thought he should have been the number one pick the whole time. Yeah. And we were talking about it a little bit yesterday. We didn't really go deep into it because I thought at the time, like, oh, it's it's locked. We know who one, two, and three are. Yep. Everybody loves Jabari Smith. I I thought maybe it was my Duke bias thinking that Paulo Bancaro was probably the best player in this draft. And just the question marks around Jabari Parker, or Jabari Smith and his size, mm-hmm. even, and just him being a complete player. I thought it was a lot of projection. Chet Holmgren talked about him yesterday, his size, and how he would project in the NBA. I feel like Boncaro is a pretty NBA-ready guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not super into basketball scouting. Like, what are his flaws? He's got a decent shot. He's got good handles. Passes the ball well, rebounds well. So... I was surprised to see him go number one overall, but I did think he was the number one overall player. Yep. I, actually, I would have had it the same way that they were drafted. Would, uh, what were your thoughts going to four and five with the Kings and the Pistons? I think Kings the Kings going... just always find a way to screw things up. Man, no joke. Cause, like, if you're Detroit right now, though, you're kind of freaking happy with what you got. You got Jaden Ivey. Yep. You got Cade Cunningham, and then I think uh, Kimball Walker is now in the mix as well. They were able to trade for him. And I yeah, think I he heard the Kimball Walker thing. 13. He was going to be a buyout, so he yeah. wasn't actually going to be okay. Be playing for them. But I mean, I, there was something fishy about the the whole thing last night. It maybe did it seem me. it seemed off. I mean, like even like you said with that production, like it felt like there was maybe. And if you want to take like a deep dive into it, it's like. Was everything off because everyone kind of knew, but they realized they couldn't talk about it, but they wanted to? They knew right. something was up? Like yeah. mm. Even the people there, like Kendrick Perkins, is like, I know this is wrong. Yep. I know something's happening, but I can't talk about it. <laughs> I'm I sure can't Jay wait Phillips for that check to cash, to though. <laughs> uh, but it, it just it felt weird, and it felt off. Maybe it was because, for the first time in a really long time, there was a surprise pick at number one overall. Um. It was also weird. Like, it just started weird. They introduced each player and his, like, parents. That was weird, too. And they did a lot of, like, pre-recorded congratulations for players. Mm -hmm. So, like, even when Paulo Boncaro got drafted, I don't need to see this Coach K pre-recorded congratulations from, like, you did it a week ago. Do it it afterwards. Like, do that after the draft, not during. I mean, Jake says in the in the chat here, it's the NFL draft, and then all the rest are kind of lame, and that's just true. The NFL is so good at what it does, and with the NBA draft, I think it was Dan Patrick was talking about this morning too. It's like when you watch the NFL draft, is you know some of these rookies are going to have an immediate impact for their team, the organization, to move forward. And if this rookie steps up, you're going to move on from an aging veteran who also costs you a lot of money. Within the NBA, it's like it's going to be three or four years before we see these guys. Truly dominate. Most of them are just bad, too. <laughs> yeah, and that as well. Like even once you start to get into pick uh, four, five, six. Yep. Even I think at pick six, you have to wonder, is this guy going to be an NBA player? I feel pretty confident in the first five picks. But, you know, once you even get to, like, pick nine with the Spurs, and it's like, okay, who is this guy? I'll kind of remember him because of his funky hair. Yep. And by the time you're in the teens, it's like you might not play in the NBA. Yeah. And, and that's like, every draft. And then you get like fur, you get even further down there with the name you are familiar with, you know, and it's just like you see some of these Kansas players, like this Christian Braun guy. I don't know who the fuck this kid is. Like this guy, this kid's garbage. They won the national title last year. He probably didn't have anything to do with it, and he's a first-round pick because of that. Mm-hmm. That's a joke. I just want to see what Brooks is going <laughs> to type in the chat. 
<laughs> just yeah, joshing with you, bro. Like firing it up yeah. right now. Like, you motherfucker. I just, Manning. <laughs> I just told you we're the reason my grandma doesn't have an eye, and you're going to talk shit on this kid? False. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, like Jake puts in the chat, too. Uh, it was kind of cool that the Lakers have brought in Sharif O'Neal and Scottie Pippen Jr. as um, they're going to get a chance to play. Yeah. This isn't like a UDFA in the NFL even. So they're <laughs> going to get their chance to play. It was Sharif O'Neal. He's had so many health complications that it is kind of cool to see him get his shot. And uh, Scottie Pippen Jr., I feel like he's a he could actually be a player. I don't – I don't want to shit on anybody, but I do kind of feel like the Sharif O'Neal thing was more of a, a because favor. Because of your dad. Like a, hey, let's yeah. honor your dad and like what you've been through. We're going to give you a shot. We're going to sign you and give you a tryout. Yeah. So, but we'll see what happens. Uh, rooting for all these kids. I don't know yeah. enough about any of them. I like, hope that guy fails. It's usually not how I, I do things. But it was cool. But I, there's something going on with the NBA draft this year. Yeah. I, don't, I can't quite figure it out yet. There's something. You're going to have to kind of go in a little bit more of those deep dives and make a whole TikTok series about it and then just go off. <laughs> right. There's people doing that. <laughs> Drumming up conspiracies. I do like a yeah. good conspiracy, especially around the NBA draft. They are fun, and there seems to just be several of them. Same thing with refs kind of, you know, being willing to just cheat games getting paid. I mean, it's shown, like, mm-hmm. there's people that have impacts in the NBA on how calls are done. Frozen envelope, we already know all about that. Mm-hmm. That conspiracy theory. You might throw another one in here. The Jordan suspension. The Jordan suspension, yeah. Um, why, like, why would it be the conspiracy theory here, though? Do you think it's just so, like, they made the sports books made their money? Is that like your conspiracy theory? Yeah, with this it? one is more okay. like old school mafia related. Like, we're not going to sit here and try and help the Magic. We don't give a shit about that. We just want right. our money. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I think that even with the Magic, if it was rigged, I don't think that one is. They pulled a one eighty on who they were drafting anyway. But I do think. Uh, it's the betting angle of like, oh, everybody knows who's going to be one, two, and three. Everyone knows. Everyone knows for months. And then on draft night, it's like, oh, here's a surprise. So I don't know. These NBA insiders, maybe it's just because they're so good at their job that yeah. this doesn't ever happen. And Ooh. the one time it's like, oh, shit, I actually might have might have got some bad information because – the Orlando Magic didn't want to tell anyone who they yeah. were drafting. Oh, it looks like my source is a complete piece of shit right now. Which sucks. Big middle finger to you, guy. <laughs> this happens in the NFL all the time. People <laughs> yeah. use members of the media. Maybe the Orlando Magic did that last night, and they were like, oh, yeah, for sure. We're definitely taking Jabari Smith. Uh, we haven't even looked at you know workouts with Paulo Boncaro or anything like that. It's yeah. Jabari all the way. And then it wasn't. Paulio who? Yeah. Banchero? Where did he play? Uh, what? Never heard of this Duke yeah. University. Played at puke? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. How about this happy hour at Club 609, though? Uh, the best happy hour in the world. Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday. And then on Saturday, you get it from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. A great place uh, to catch a game, check out some funky artwork that they have, and definitely take advantage of those drink specials, two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. Absolutely. Next up is going to be Downtown Lube. Be sure to visit them at downtownlube.com for their full list of services. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So, again, downtownlube.com for the full list of services. Located right here in the heart of Joplin on 1st and Main Street. So it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to need your oil change and your tire service. If you're here in the four state area, get that done and taken care of right here at Downtown Lube. Uh, and now... I want to get into this real quick because I saw we skipped over it. The uh, NBA moms that were uh, on display last night, uh, uh, I heard there's a rumor around the old Christian Braum that uh, I just talked about. Christian Braum, excuse me. I haven't heard this. There is a rumor that, well, she looked very good last night in her little red dress that she was wearing, celebrating. She got a lot of attention for that. Uh, I saw a TikTok this morning, though. That people were like, hey, wow, she's really, really attractive. Like, way to go. There's a little rumor that he has a friend named Isaiah Mosley who now plays for Mizzou. Just transferred there from Missouri State, actually, who's a pretty decent ball player. They grew up playing ball together, him and Christian Braun. That Christian Braun's mother had hooked up with his friend. And there is a very, I don't know, deceiving picture of her like having her arm wrapped around them and it looks like they're in a bed together and it's just kind of like an odd situation type of deal but they're both very happy and smiley 
Huge conspiracy rumor, but I at least want to throw it out there. And if you want to be a part of the Mic'd Up community on Twitter, go ahead and ask to join us or whatnot. Let us know you want in because I'm going to post a TikTok in there that I saw because it was very, very interesting. I, I didn't see any of this last night. Yep. I will say, however, uh, when I was uh, in college, uh, I was trying to buy a house. Like, I thought that was the thing to do. So had a realtor that was helping us look at houses and things like that and told one of my buddies about it. He's like, oh, okay, who's your realtor? Like, I know a lot. I can help you out. And tell him who the realtor is. And he was like, oh, buddy, be careful with her. I thought, like, oh, no, like, we have a bad realtor. This sucks. Like, what's the deal? He was like, no, she's a great realtor. She's fantastic. But she slept with about three of my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But I was in a – Like in the house buying process or (laughs) – It's like every, you know, video you see on the internet. God bless it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was was in real life. And this was like – You're over here like, babe, I'll go check out the house by myself. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's this house available, so I'm going to go check. I know you're at work. It's not even a big deal, but I I will check it head to toe for sure. (laughs) But that was a a real-life scenario where she was um, sleeping with her friends – or sorry, her son's friends. My friend was friends with her son. Oh, wow. Yeah, so – Yikes. Happens. Which is why I continue to. I hear it happens, but it better not. I, I go to open house almost every Sunday. I'll just find one in the area or you know nearby, and go pretend to be interested in, in houses. Like Who's the real wedding? Ah, oh, it's Jerry again. I'm out. Nope. See you, Jerry. Bye. I'm a, I crash open houses looking for single cougar realtors. Yeah. I'm make a movie about it. It's going to be fantastic. Now today we did want to get into. The NBA top 10. So we do our five for Friday. And here's the peek behind the curtain to why I've listed so many people. I was making my list of top five all-time NBA players. But then I thought, like, Jordan and LeBron are obvious one, two. Yeah. Obvi- a lot of people are going to mix up that order. Yep. So I thought, like, well, let's just leave them off, and then we'll have the rest of them. But then I thought, like, why would we do the top seven? Let's just do top ten. And then I left in Jordan and LeBron. Um <laughs> And then <laughs> I had some names left off, so I was like, wait, where do these guys rank on my list? So I've got as many as 15. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to share your top 10, let's hear what you have for your top 10 uh, so far. Okay, so for number one, LeBron James. Number two, Michael Jordan. We've discussed this so many times before. Number three, though, I went Kareem, and then I went Wilt at four, and then five, I went Magic Johnson. Going into six, Kobe Bryant. Seven, Larry Bird. Eight, Shaquille O'Neal. I feel like the first eight is a pretty common list that everyone has and can agree on. Everyone's going to change up the order. There's no need to kind of get into that whole breakdown and discussion of it. But I think where my list might kind of rustle some feathers here, or ruffle some feathers here, excuse me, is going to be at nine, Tim Duncan, and then ten, Steph Curry. And the reason I have Tim Duncan at nine is because he won five finals, you know what I mean? He won five championships, and he was a three-time finals MVP, and he was known as Mr. Fundamental, and he just came in, and he was consistent. He did his job, and it was just like one of those deals where you watched him dunk and play. Everyone's like, how is he this good? And he just was, year in and year out. And to me, I think when you look over you know, the different eras of basketball that we've seen, you can't really talk about the NBA without Tim Duncan involved with it because of just how consistent and dominant he was. Andy, I believe he was a two-time MVP as well, so that's, of course, in the discussion. And then at 10 for Steph Curry, the dude changed the, ba- the game of basketball. I mean, he did. No, like the, the amount of threes that go up in games now, it's because of Steph Curry. Them winning finals, he just won his fourth one. He's a one-time NBA Finals MVP. We know that. That just solidified the legacy for, me to be, for him to be a top-10 player. But if you can come in and completely change the way that basketball is played, I think you have to be a top-10 player. And there's guys like Michael Jordan who have done that, Magic Johnson who have done that, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar who have done that, Shaquille O'Neal who did that with the big guy. And then you have the guys who came in and just helped lead that impact and transition the game of basketball like LeBron, like Kobe, like Bird, and like Tim Duncan. So that's why I have Tim Duncan and Steph Curry right there rounding out my top 10. So I ended up leaving both those guys off my list uh, because I put in some older players i have jordan and lebron because i'm correct number three for me is wilt chamberlain i don't know why i I didn't see him play 
I don't know why Wilt gets left off or pushed down the list so far. Especially um, when you talk about guys that change the game of basketball like you were yeah. with Steph Curry. I mean, for Wilt Chamberlain, they literally had to change the rules of basketball yep. because he was so dominant. And I, I know that there weren't a lot of big seven-footers at the time for him, but like, I don't know. That's not his fault yeah. that he was such a big guy. But some of the – even just the numbers that he put up and averaged – his first year in the league, he averaged 37 points and 27 rebounds. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just come back with the argument, too, though, is like, who was the next tallest guy that he was playing against? Mm-hmm. But know? here's the crazy thing is Bill Russell. Like, a lot of people want to be like, oh, Will didn't play with anybody, but then we want to celebrate Bill Russell. Yeah. Or Kareem Abdul Jabbar and some of these yeah. other guys that did play with Wilt. So I have him at number three. And just like go look at his basketball reference numbers and stats don't always tell the full story, but I mean goaltending was a thing because of Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. And in his third season, Will averaged fifty points a game for an entire season to go along with twenty five rebounds. I mean it's just ridiculous what he was able to do. And on his entire career, he played until he was like thirty six years old. Mm-hmm. He averaged thirty points and twenty three rebounds. Yep. Just wild numbers. So I, I don't know. Maybe um, people who are more of a basketball historian know like uh, what it is with Wilt. Uh, Brooks puts it in the uh, the chat too. Like he didn't win a ton of championships because of guys like Bill Russell and the Celtics. Yep. I, I don't know. To me, like he, it's more than championships. He won two. Yeah. And I mean that's I like it. In the week with Bill Russell, people might be upset with me like not having it on the top ten. I respect Bill Russell. You won 11 championships. That's absolutely fantastic, and it's great. You had a whole team of just dominance, though. And, yeah. like, yes, you were a huge piece of that. You were the focal point of it. You were, the, like, you know what I mean, the guy. But at the same time, it's like that is a whole team effort. And I know we can. You, you, people could come back to that argument as well and be like, well, LeBron had to team up with people for him to win championships. You know, Magic Johnson, you know, they had a good team as well with him, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kobe had Shaq, Kobe had Powell, and it was just like Larry Bird, you know, they had a good team. It's like, I don't care. It's just the fact that, like, when you look at, like, Russell, or excuse me, Bill Russell, that was just like, they were able to just stay together the entire time. And I don't want that to come off as a negative. It's just, I feel like after a while, the game has changed. You got to give some more guys recognition and just kind of like, I don't know, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, like, just move on from it. Like, there are guys that have helped change the landscape of basketball moving forward than Bill Russell did. 50 years ago. And for four, number four for me, again, I go Jordan, LeBron, Wilt Chamberlain. Then I go Magic, Bird, Kobe, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, Oscar Robertson. Then I do have Bill Russell, and then Shaq rounds out my 10. With the Bill Russell stuff, I do kind of get it. I mean, I put him at nine. Uh, I think that he was great. The championships, I, I think, are maybe even a little bit overrated. Of like, oh, he won 11 mm-hmm. NBA championships. But like you said, it it was a lot of a team effort, and the Celtics just kind of dominated as a team in that era. But Bill Russell's still great. It's just what you have to almost make a uh, an argument against like each player. So you kind of have to shit on one player to bring up another one. And with Bill Russell, one of the best rebounders of all time, probably one of the better defenders of all time. Not much of a point scorer though. Yeah. So it's he's almost like the anti Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. like what he was able to do. But I do think Bill Russell was great. Uh, you can't just totally d- dismiss the 11 championships. Uh, Oscar Robertson is another guy I have on my list uh, that you didn't put on yours. Absolutely loved hearing stories about this guy playing. And, again, people that are much older than me talk about Oscar Robertson playing. He's the he's Mr. Triple-Double, but he didn't chase yeah. triple-doubles. Yep. He, he was just the complete player, you know, kind of like a Magic Johnson before – Magic. And, you know, Jordan versus LeBron, uh, we always compare those two. I think the better comparison is that trio of LeBron, Magic, and Oscar Robertson, guys that could just dominate the game in all yeah. facets of it. And Oscar Robertson was kind of the first, I mean, 6'5 point guard who's just, you know, getting double-digit rebounds and averaging yep. a triple-double. No one has seen that before. It was like, whoa, what the fuck's a point guard doing getting rebounds? Right. Yeah, like dominating, like 12 yeah. rebounds a game yep, and things like that. Shaq comes in at number 10 for me. Shaq is a tricky one. We talked about him not too long ago of being one of the most dominant players in NBA history. Yeah. I do think there's a big difference between being dominant and being one of the best. 
Mm -hmm. I think if Shaq would have had any kind of work ethic, he'd be a top three player all time. But he had a very shitty work ethic. And that's why he lands at number 10 for me. And I did leave off Steph Curry. And I saw some people even talking about it yesterday of like, how is Steph Curry not a top 10 player all time? The championships are impressive, uh, but he gives you almost nothing on the defensive side. That's why I left him off my top 10. And as a point guard, uh, he's pretty good with assists, but he's not like great. Yep. Greatest shooter of all time, but for me, I left him off my top 10. I hear you. I like your list, though. It's fun. I know mine's going to be different with Tim Duncan and Steph Curry at 9 and 10. So. Mm-hmm. And with Duncan, I like Duncan, too. He did it for a really long time. I, I was having the debate with myself of Duncan versus Shaq versus Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hakeem is pretty slap on as a player. I mean, he was very good. Uh, in the Jordan era, as soon as Jordan retired, boom, he won two. And it yep. looked like the Rockets were going to be almost unstoppable until Jordan came back. Yep. And then uh, a couple other guys that I have on there. Dr. J, I think, was very good. He's almost become underrated as a player. And then some active players, too, that I think are right up there are Giannis. I, not yet. It's mm-hmm. early for him. I think he's going to get up there. I think he's going to finish his career as a top 10 player. And then also just like, where does Kevin Durant come in on this list? I honestly, I had a hard time going between Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And I know you, you know, the poll was posted out on the Mike Up account too. And like, who's just a better player, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. And I went with Steph and then I was just like, yeah. I almost felt like it was wrong. Like you just like immediately after I did, I was like, I don't, I don't know. And the reason and like, why I put those two against each other Steph Curry has the better resume. Mm-hmm. I think Kevin Durant's a better player. And it's tough to look at it that way because I think when you look at Kevin Durant, it's like basketball, yes. And then it's like, then you start putting everything else into account. Where he's like, he left OKC to go win it in Golden See, State. I don't put any weight into that. Yeah. And like, I know I didn't either with it, but it's just like, is that just kind of like, does that hinder other people's thoughts? Like, it might not, it used to mine. I'll be honest. I've talked about it before, been very open about it. But now it's like, you spent seven, eight years in Oklahoma State and you couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? You were getting tired of the team. You still have a legacy that you got to own. What do you want your legacy to be? That you just stayed in Oklahoma City and never got one? And it's like, okay, cool. I played my entire career in Oklahoma City for 20-some years, and we were just dog shit. We had a couple good seasons. That was about it. Went through three rebuilds. Or I can just go join these guys who are ready to go. I fit in. The next missing piece, let's go win a couple more. And get paid a shitload of money. 100%. In the process. And live somewhere else than the middle of the country. Yeah. I don't really fault him for that either. I know you have before. You've had some very strong words. Very about much. Yeah. Doing it. I feel like that was just a – that was an era of basketball that I think we're finally done with. I really hope so. It was getting old. Even, it like, is. with LeBron and, like, benefiting at being a Heat fan. And even now, it's like, yeah, I kind of hope they <laughs> – maybe do it again. Go get Joel Embiid. Like, that'd be super cool. <laughs> but I just – I don't think it's going to happen, of course. No, but. Embiid's not leaving the yeah. 76ers. They would be dumb to trade him. Tyler Hero, though, dude's got the drip. That's what Philly needs. Philly but needs even like, drip. who would you, I don't even know who you could trade for Embiid. Like, I don't even know if Luca is good enough to be like, yeah, we will trade you for Embiid because Embiid's already there. He's in the locker room. People like him. Yeah, he's a fan favorite. So even Luca might be a better player, but I don't think you're trading him for Embiid. Like maybe Giannis. But again. Philly likes Embiid. I don't, I don't know if they would do that trade. I would do that trade. I think Giannis is a better player, but I don't know that Philadelphia would do that trade. Yeah. But those are our top um, ten guys. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, drop it in the Miked Up community, which we do have on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's not very active. I accidentally tweeted in there yesterday um, a couple times because I was excited about Arch Manning. Uh, <laughs> but every once in a while, we'll tweet in our Miked Up community on Twitter. I don't know if I have to send you an invite. If I do, DMs are always open. Uh, but that's it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us for this lovely Friday episode. We'll be back on, at it on Monday. Um, Monday. Next week's going to be an interesting week. We also have our golf tournament that is a week away. Mm. We're still going to have a show yep. live from the golf course. That's Yes, sir. <laughs> that's going to yes, be exciting. I think our tee-off time is like 8. So we're going to be a couple hours in, a couple and drinks in. This is a in. drinking tournament. Yeah. 
So make sure you're you're with us. Uh, We're just going to be rocking. On, call in, get those yep. notifications when we go live. Uh, but we do appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you on Monday, same time, 10 o'clock, right here in the call-in app.